technique and drills make you go faster, not getting fitter and fitter and fitter. More technique, more downwind, and honing skills. You're never too old to change bad habits, and you're never too old to learn new ones. I can teach you all the mistakes. I've had so many mistakes in this life of mine, long life, paddling life, and why should you make the same mistakes when I've already been through there, done that, bought the t-shirt a number of times, Hi there, welcome to the Coach Tulupski podcast. These episodes are taken from Oscar's live interactions with his Oscar's club members and are great for anyone looking for insights into paddling faster and having more fun. Hmm, just waiting. Now it's 9.57 in uh, Porto. We're going to do a special edition and we'll only start at 10 o'clock Porto time, which means it's very early in Perth and uh, very early in... uh, in uh, Sydney. We're going to concentrate and focus on the Sean Partners Financial Services doctor, which a lot of people are taking part in. And of course, there's going to be a few general questions. So we'll go through the, we'll only start in some sincerity in two minutes time. It's 10 p.m. here. So working it out all around the world, uh, 6 a.m. Japan time. Okay, Alex. <laughs> And uh, it's probably six, no, what is it, about eight, oh, I'm trying to work it, depends on the east coast, I think it should be about 6 p.m. on the west coast of America, about 3 p.m. and Hawaii is 10 a.m. I know those times quite well. We'll wait for it to strike 10 o'clock. As you know, these uh, live podcasts or interviews go out. Terry's all the way from Melbourne. It's quite early there. What's it, 7 7 o'clock there, Terry, in Melbourne, Australia? He's going to be at the doctor. He's done it every single year. So that'll be good. Um, Julie Kirk and Jeff, they're doing a mammoth paddle, 1,000 miles. Anybody wants to be crazy enough to do that? it, that is a serious uh, race, a thousand miles on the Yukon River. That's what uh, Joss and Julie are going to do. Um, and Jay Rose is obviously watching with Dave Whitmer. So that's fun, my friend from uh, Naples, uh, Florida. Okay, so we're getting close to uh, the right time that we said we'd take off. Uh, if it was Portuguese time, we'd be, always be late. But as usual, um, with my German heritage, we're on time. Um, today, we're going to talk about the Shaw and, Fa- Shaw and Partners Financial Services uh, doctor. And the first thing I've got to mention is that Earl Evans and, uh, and Alan uh, Zion have done a magnificent job for, for Sersky paddling around the world. They have, they've really given back, and it all stems from Earl Evans, who took up the sport of surfski paddling, probably the same as David Whitmer and a few people, and said, this is a sport so fantastic, I've got to get into it. And he got into it in more ways than one. And uh, it's fantastic for Sean. Sean, are you going to come? Claire's going to hold the camera now. I'm going to change over. Okay, now there's Claire. Yeah, show you. Okay, hold it there. There we go. So, as it, as it happened is that... Um, Earl Evans, his father used to be a surfski paddler and he got into it to lose weight and obviously um, he's become completely involved in the sport and it's really nice that Alan, who's uh, actually from 
South Africa and uh, from from Johannesburg. I knew I know some of his friends and uh, Sean Partners have really come to the party in making our sport great and what it should be. I mean, it's a fantastic sport. The people that started for the first time realize there's no limits. I mean, I was just paneling with Nella that day. He said, listen, surfing, you catch a wave and you wait half an hour. All these sports, but when you're on a, on a surf ski doing downward, you've got two hours of fun. You're just catching one wave after the other. Having said that, um, I did three 40k paddles and in the one paddle, I paddled with the top uh, European paddler in, in uh, he lives in this town, Lionel Romaglio, and I don't know what happened, but I had a problem with my rib. So it was basically like a broken rib. I couldn't breathe, I couldn't do anything. So can you believe it? it's one of my longest layoffs? I haven't paddled for one week. But I uh, hope it's on the mend. I tried to do a little paddle for the first time. I went for 30 minutes for just very lightly. And it seems to be all right. It wasn't, wasn't 100%. So hopefully tomorrow it improves a little bit more. And those are things that can happen. I mean, I have no idea where it came from. I didn't do any bad movements. I didn't break any ribs, but it felt exactly the same as a rib. And it's been tough not paddling and, and not being able to breathe. So now we get the, the doctor. The doctor has been going since 2002 and a guy called uh, John O'Chalmers won the first one. Dean Gardner won the second one. And then um, Nathan Bagley, we all know him, very infamous person won the third one with my brother coming second. Then the first time I competed was 2005 and I managed to win in 2005, 2006 and 2007 actually. But in 2007 they used to have a boy for some unknown reason and we never used to have to go through the trig marker. So we were coming straight onto the beach and they put a boy there and, they, and I don't know whether I had to go left or right hand side of the boy. So I went right next to the boy, like one meter from the boy. And when I finished, and I, I won by about 45 seconds, which is a long way in a, in a one hour, 45 minute race. They said, no, 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 we're going to penalize you. And that put me to third. So I still claim it. I won it. And there's a lot of photographs that show that I, how far I won uh, and how close I was to the boy. But getting back to the doctor, you basically got three months uh, to go till the race. And, and I don't think there's anybody out there and the more I do it, the more I realize that technique's going to make you faster. I don't see too many young club members. So if you're old, the only way you're going to get faster is by having a better technique. And you see, most of my plans always include having uh, technique sessions. In fact, before I hurt my, my rib, I was doing a technique session every single morning and then paddling 40 kilometers in the afternoon. But the 40 kilometers again, I was doing it math, not, not to try and injure myself. Um, I think the double caused the problem, but I mean, these things can happen. But the whole thing is, it's a one day race. Uh, the last time I, I raced, or not last year, there was no wind, so I came about 20th, but the year before with wind, I came seventh, and I did one hour 45. It's a 28 kilometer race. But you really have to focus on doing one hour 45, and you have to do one day. So all your training must be prepared to do one hard race. Now the difference is that week you've got the West Coast downwind on the Saturday, the doctor on the other Saturday, and you've got two miniature races in the, middle, in, the, in the middle. The good thing about that is that you've got to focus all your training on trying to peak for one day. So for that one day, remember, you should be rested before your training session and rested after your training session.
So you'll notice that most of my, my uh, sessions are, have got a gap in between the hard sessions because you just want to push hard for that one day. But in, during the week, believe me, and the other thing that's surprised even me is that doing your waist-deep water drills is harder than you'll ever expect. It's really like, I think it's called weights with your paddle. When I'm doing my drills and I'm holding and I'm doing it correctly in waist-deep water, I know I'm doing it correctly because I haven't got the problem with balance and things like that. It really forces you to concentrate on the drills that you have to do when you get in the boat. And half an hour doing waist deep water drills really emphasizes how you put a paddle properly. So what I was doing, I was going, just to let you know, I was going from my waist deep water drills to flat water drills, absolutely perfect flat water and doing it perfectly. Doing it really well, concentrating, I do it all the time so I'm getting quite good at it. Then I told Bailey, my training partner, he's a young guy, 21 uh, years old, just turned 21. I said, okay, now we're going to do and try and do our drills in rough water. And it was amazing to see how difficult it was to do the rough water. So we did half the session, which is four drills. As you know, in my videos, you'll see the four drill sessions in rough water. And I did that in the morning and I really concentrated on my drill really hard to try and make it work. But let me tell you, we're paddling 560s, very unstable boats. We were getting it, I was getting it fairly right. He was struggling even more than me. But that afternoon when I did my 40 kilometer downwind, it was so, so good because I could really concentrate and focus on my technique going downwind. And that afternoon I did uh, 40 kilometers and average speed of 16. 5 kilometers an hour with my average heart rate at 115. So that's what it does. Believe in me, I've been doing this sport for 45 years and still to this day I use my technique. I mean, funny enough, right, Claire and I have been watching the, watching the, the World uh, Flat Water Championships and it's amazing. 22 years ago I taught people how to keep their elbows down, shoulders down, conserve, rotate, big muscles, use your legs and now all the sprinters, a lot of the good sprinters are all using my technique of keeping your elbows down, nice and locked in, nice and powerful, they are doing it. In fact, the best ones are doing it. So it's taken them 22 years to learn what I, I worked out 22 years ago, but that's uh, how it goes. Now, so again, remember, listen to your body. Just like I have to listen to my body, the, this kind of injury, they say it's the membrane between the two ribs, it's damaged, there's about a tear about this long, and they said I've got a rest and I, phew, it's been hard, but I've done seven days and hopefully, and I've had physio every day. By the way, I know in Australia, medical care is expensive, and in Australia it's expensive. For a one and a half hour session, it cost me 15 euros, so that's like 20 Aussie dollars. So it's very inexpensive, very good guy. He used to be the physio for FC Porto. So he really knows his stuff and it's, and it's helping, but again, it's frustrating because I, can, I know it's one of those, Nello had the same injury, he, was, he races go-karts and he had the same injury, it took him two months. I'm just hoping mine doesn't take that long because I've got the, after, in three weeks time, I've got the World Championships in France, Quiberon, France, where I hope to do fairly well. And I was really looking forward to it, just feeling good, having time at home for the first time. As I say, the last two uh, podcasts have actually been from home, which is very abnormal for me. I'm always traveling around the world, never have much time to train. And now I have time to train, I've got to sit on my back and try and recover.
So all your all your training plans are, are really um, working around peaking for that day. Remember, it's going to take, and this is the strange thing with our sport, it can take me one hour 45 to two hours 20 to two hours 30, depending on conditions. So you have to train appropriately. So understand, you'll notice that I build up to a, a, a peak about two weeks before and then slowly decrease the work rate for the last two weeks so that you are fresh and ready to do between one hour 45 and two hours 30, depending on how fast you want to go for the Sean Partners Doctor. Okay, so on the same sort of vein, I've got a few uh, questions. Um, one from uh, Alex. Can anybody please recommend a famous timing GPS speed electronic gadget display that you use on their ski? Now, this is a big thing. I'm a Mr. Gadget man when it comes to that. So, normally, and especially for the, the doctor, I normally have three gadgets. I have a Garmin Phoenix 3, a Garmin 5X Plus, and I have my iPhone in a waterproof cover that's got Endomondo on it. So now, because I'm focused, remember there's five things you have to focus and you have to really focus hard on the doctor. Number one, you've got to concentrate on your technique because the wind's coming from the side and you're all over. Concentrate on your technique, you're going to go faster with less effort. Number two, and very important, watch where you're going. To start off with, you've got to obviously get around the first little marker, which is about 800 meters out. And then you've got to focus on Observation City, which is on the beach in line with the, the trig beacon, which you have to go around. But you've got to be focusing on that all the time. While you're focusing on that, you've also got to focus on your quadrant, and you'll notice the wind coming from your right-hand side, so you just want to focus on a small area of waves that you're going to focus on all the time, making sure that the, the, the observation tower is on your left axis, and your other axis is where the wave's coming. And just focus just one or two waves in front of you, no more. Don't try and look around. Keep your focus on, on a smaller area of the waves, you'll catch more runs. Then, the next thing is, you've got to watch your GPS. In my case, I watch two GPSs and I listen to my endomondo. My endomondo uh, tells me what speed I'm doing every single kilometer, how good I'm going, how, much, how long I've gone, and I don't have to look so much at my GPS. That's why I've got it on voice and it talks to me, a lady's voice shouts to me, ah, oh, this lap you did three hours, 20, three minutes 20, and your average speed was 17.82. It gives you encouragement and it lets you know. And then what I do is I normally sync it so it's one or two seconds before my GPS on my, my Phoenix 5. Because on my Phoenix 5, I can look down anytime. Speed, distance, heart rate, and time. The reason why you've got to watch your heart rate, because in a race like the, the, the Sean Partners uh, doctor, is that you get excited at the beginning, you take off too hard. It's normal for everybody, you take off too hard. Your heart rate goes through the roof and you don't watch it. You've got to go back, concentrate on your technique, bring your heart rate down. I don't mind your heart rate going down the last 15 kilometers, the last 15 minutes, not the first 15 minutes. The first 15 minutes there to get into the race, enjoy it, focus on what you're doing. Don't let the heart rate go. And then you've got to focus on speed because if you're in a bad place and you've got a bad current, you'll know, you'll know if you've got a bad uh, uh, current because your speed's way down. So you've got to focus on those. And then I've got on my, on my Phoenix 3, I've got the trig marker marked. 
So I'm, I watch that all the time to make sure that I'm going and it tells me how long I've got to go to the trig marker and it tells me, it gives me, so I've just got a little arrow and then it tells me how long I've got to the trig marker. And, I, and those are the things I'm focusing all the time. And obviously, last but not least, is focus on your opposition. If all your opposition is way left of you, then you must be going too far right. If all your opposition is too far right of you, then you are too far down. It's always better to be above your opposition. It's much easier to surf down onto your opposition than to surf up onto your opposition. So, so in the doctor, you want to start working your way out at the beginning and rather be surfing down when you're tired as opposed to surfing up when you're tired. And a lot of people make that, that mistake. So having said that, so, so just to reiterate, uh, Alex, the, the, the GPS, I use a Phoenix 5, a Phoenix 3, and Endermondo as, as my talking app on my phone. Okay. And again, yes, my heart rate is always monitored. Okay, the next one is uh, in Oscar's videos about staying on top of the wave. He talks uh, about leaning back to keep on the face of the wave. Is this after you have managed to catch it? As I sometimes find, albeit on slow beginning a bluefin, that I need to lean forward to try and gain momentum down the front of the wave. Okay, so that's from Nigel. So Nigel's asking whether you lean forward. I don't believe in that one little bit. If I lean forward, I'm messing up my technique. Just concentrate on paddling nicely. And once you're on the wave, you can only lean a little bit forward, but you can lean a long way back. The further, way, further back you lean, the higher the nose comes up, the easier the boat's going to turn. And remember, when you're going in the doctor and you're turning right, you want to lean back because sometimes you wear a cock, so you actually go too far right. In that case, you want to lean back and let the, your, your rudder pedals go off and slowly turn left again. Again, so you'll be doing it all the time. You'll be turning right, but you want to be going left again. Surfing along right and then going left again. And again, leaning back helps your nose to come out, helps you to ride the wave longer, which helps a lot. Okay, so this is interesting. Um, what do you do 30 minutes before race start? Do you have a warm-up exercise, way to keep calm, routines to recommend? Okay, that's a very interesting thing. No, let's take it a little bit further, and I'll probably mention this when I'm doing the Monica and things like that. The doctor's no, no difference. Normally, it starts in the afternoon, so invariably I'll, have an, I'll wake up early. Uh, I don't like eating anything four hours before, and I don't like drinking anything one hour before. I'll just make sure my body is just tuned for full power and not trying to digest the food that I've just eaten an hour or an hour and a half before. As I say, it probably takes three hours to digest your food. I'd rather be safe than sorry. Four hours, no food. So that's the first sort of making sure that I'm, I'm hydrated way before I've eaten way before I'm not going to be worrying digesting food on the race. Uh, 30 minutes before, normally when we get off the, the, the ferry, uh, I, I set up my, my, you have to have your um, flare, you make sure your watches are all done. And then when I'm paddling to, to where we go and start, all I do, and this is important, I do all my drills. I do small drill sessions, just five strokes doing all of them, catch and pull. Then the top hand drill, then the locked elbow drill, then the shoulder drill then making sure I'm parallel, 
then I do both the parallel, then I do leg drive, then I do exit, and then I do elbow to knee, and I feel that I'm ready. Because you know, if you do these exercises enough, leading up to it, you realize that when you do these exercises, it really stretches your, your, your body and it gets you ready. I'm not big into stretching. In the old days, everybody said, now oh, you must stretch, and now I've, I've, I've done a lot of reading and, and a lot of research. Stretching just stretches the muscles and they want to come back again and that causes cramps sometimes and causes problems. Therefore, the way to get ready for, for a race is just to actually paddle, paddle a little bit hard. And I only do a few little bursts of, of, um, of, of speed before. I don't really push uh, too hard before the race. I just get my heart rate going, making sure I'm going. Because remember I said before, I want to take off, yes, I always have to take off fast because I'm trying to race these young guys that are very fast. But as soon as I'm, I'm into too much oxygen jet, uh, slow down and relax, concentrate my technique and know that I'm going to be back to catch those guys that have taken off too hard at the start. Okay. Let's have a look at that. Uh, my thing up. Another question here. Okay. Lastly, what is your priority in the first five or ten minutes or to the first mark at the marathon race? Okay, I sort of covered that a little bit before. Um, depends what you're trying to get out of the race. This is a big mistake so many people make. Um, they kill themselves in the first five minutes because they want to come, they want to beat their mate in 60th place. Very happy with that. Rather be conservative. I can assure you, nobody's going to be upset when you get to the end of the race and you had a great race and you had power towards the end. The most upsetting thing for most paddlers is when you've got no power at the start, you've used it all up in the first five minutes, you've got lactic acid, then your forearms cramp, and then you work for the next half an hour to get the forearms, the forearms out of your system, uh, the cramp out of your system, and that leads to a, a not so much fun race. And again, especially on the doctor, when the wind's coming from the side, just paddle nice and concentrate on your technique and brace a few extra braces so that you're really confident. Get your confidence. Your confidence up, you're going to get better and better and better as the waves get bigger and bigger and bigger. Because that's what happens in the, in, in the doctor. You take off, it's relatively flat, you start surfing a few waves that are small, they get bigger and bigger and bigger, and towards the end, they are really big. And you want to be confident and, and you want to really be comfortable in these conditions. If you're comfortable in, in, the, in these conditions and comfortable in your boat, you're going to go a lot faster if you're nervous about falling out. And uh, again, on that, please guys, practice remounts. I just heard a story, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, Hay Nixon, who's world champion, beats everybody, lost by 12 minutes in a race in Durban last weekend because she couldn't remount her boat or she fell off and she couldn't get her boat. There's no excuse. Practice your remounts all the time. In rough conditions, in flat water, practice your remounts. They're going to help you a lot. If you fall off, you want to be good on. So now this is Hayley Nixon, world's best, lost 12 minutes. She ended up coming third in a women's race, in a small race, Five women, she ended up coming third, losing by 10 minutes because she couldn't remount. Practice what I tell you. Do your remounts. Although I don't put it in, the, in, your, in your training plans, 
I, in fact, I do. If you watch them closely, I always say, do, do remounts and make sure you're doing remounts in rough conditions. It's all very well doing in flat conditions. Do them in rough conditions and do them at the end of a session when you're tired and you can't pull yourself up. You really have to focus on the fundamentals of the remount. I'm always doing remounts. I always make Nello do remounts. I make everybody do remounts. Because that can waste a lot of time. As you can see, Aggie Nixon lost 10 minutes and she lost by, she lost 12 minutes. I think she lost the race by 10 or 11 minutes. So that's how important the remount. Yes, even I have fallen off. Uh, fell off in about 2007 in the uh, Molokai, or 2008, and I still managed to win that race, racing against Nathan Baggy, but I did fall off, but I got in so fast, you wouldn't even been able to know. Okay, so I'm going to open up the floor. I don't know, Claire, can you read some of the questions? There must be uh, the odd question. No, they're just kind of saying that they're watching and that they're here. Okay. A uh, remount and rough, and from both sides, says Willem. Willem, yes. Willem, Willem knows. Willem is also proponent. When I'm tired and I, and I want, and again, really concentrate on doing it on both sides. There's nothing worse, and especially if you've got a leash on. Remember, you've got a leash. If you fall off on the one side and you have to get on the other side, some people unclip their leashes and then the boat blows away and then that's the end of your race. So practice on both sides. Believe me, it's not that difficult. The more you practice, the better you get. And, and, and again, as, as Willem's rightly saying, is that rather practice when you finish the session and you're hot anyway, and where Willem comes in uh, the south end, pretty chilly, uh, you want to get back on very fast when you get into that water. So yes, I 100% agree, and, and it's in Canada they've got a race uh, that you everybody has to remount sometime in the middle of the race, and I think that's a very good idea, because remounting can cost you not only time, it can cost some people lives, and I, and I know that's, that's happened in the past, you know, so... So, heed these words of warning. Practice remounts all the time. You know, it's funny. I'm giving some advice to a guy who's from Lebanon. Yeah, Lebanon. He's an Italian paddler, and he's no, no. I'm a flat water paddler. I've done this, and I want to paddle at five sixty at the World Championship. I'm, I'm good. I said, Have you been in rough water? He said, No. But I know. I don't want to give anybody an advantage. Remember. And I keep on saying, paddle at five fifty or five twenty which is basically a middle range boat or a beginner racer boat. Because rather be stable, I can, I can assure you, and, and Willem who's uh, there as well will attest that having a stable boat doesn't make you go any faster. In fact, it makes you go slower. And people just can't get their head around going slower with a narrow boat. But that actually is the fact. I mean, as you get older, and most of my clients aren't in their 20s, they pass the, the 40s and 50s, and, and, uh, and it definitely is um, something that you've got to consider. The, the older you get, the more stable you'd rather be, and then you can put the power down. So, um, oh, it's not bad. 10, 24, not too bad. Uh, um, any other topics to finish off with? Again, spread the word. As you know, it's funny how people think, oh no, you know, I had, I had this guy, I said, no, Oscar, I don't think you, you're, his, I can't remember the words, he sent me an email, he, remember he's getting the, some of the free content, which I put out a lot of free content, so, to help people, I mean, at the end of the day, free content gets more people paying the sport, 
and they learn from how I think should be done. But this guy says, no, 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 no. I don't think he uh, conveys how to paddle properly. I think he's only uh, interested in beginners. Well, what I replied to him, I said, listen, if you can't beat me at 56, you might as well listen to me. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. You're spending a lot of time doing nonsense. But again, this is a guy, I won't mention any names, but this is actually a person said, no, 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 he must be catering to beginners. So then I look him up, and I don't think he's come in the first 200 in the race. But my information is too basic for him. Remember, every sport, I don't care whether it's tennis, golf, or paddling, every professional goes back to the basics. And the basics are stability before ability. The basics are brace left and right hand side all the time. Always brace, never have your paddle out the water. And again, speed is going to come from not training, getting your technique right, perfecting your technique right in rough water so that you can put the powder. So those are important and those are basics. And it's funny how many people forget the basics. Don't forget the basics, concentrate on your technique, as I always reiterate. That's why, no matter, and I've got the, uh, Jeff who is doing the Yukon, 1,000 kilometers, he's done many Ironmans, he's done all these long races, and I said, hey, the most important part, even if you're doing a three-hour paddle, if you can just kind of concentrate on the third hour on technique, you're going to go faster than the person that's just gone out there and just paddling for the sake of paddling. Never paddle for the sake of paddling. Paddle every single time and concentrate on your technique. Okay, Dave Whitmer says, my flat water schedule is soon ending. I have a 10 to 12 kilometer race in September 28th. What should or could I do for this race? And then I can't see what else he's asking. You just tap on it. I have. What does it say? And it's not opening up. Okay, David, so at the end of the day, the same again, the only difference is uh, drop me a, a message and, and I'll, I'll see when, it, when the race is and I'll put you onto one of the plans. If not, I'll make you a plan for your 12 kilometer race. But the most important thing again is do lots of technique work and incorporate, so, and I do a lot of this where you do one kilometer uh, of technique, I mean 500 meters of technique and then one kilometer is paddling hard. Keep on doing that for 12 kilometers. Just keep on building, building from the six to eight to 12 kilometers. Try and get your, your speed up slowly and slowly and slowly, but get it up by technique and not brute force because that's going to be very short-lived. No more, no more questions. Okay, remember, I am an open book. Remember, any question, no matter how trivial, trivial it might seem to you, is going to help somebody along the way because paddling for 45 years and I've been one of those people that are, are really a technician I don't just go and paddle I find out ways to do things easier and better and I learn from my students and obviously I learn from myself all the time and and, and you're never too old to learn and uh, and I appreciate all your loyalty those guys have been members for a while and don't forget uh, it's time it's nearly time for you to send me some uh, video clips of yourself. Remember, they only have to be five or 10 seconds and I can analyze and send you the reports back. And, uh, and I look forward to working with you uh, next week. Hopefully I'll be paddling again and I think we'll 
we might do a, a, a early morning uh, Portuguese time, which will be not bad in Europe, evening for um, Australia, and uh, late evening for America. So I'm going to change it up all the time. I want to try and make sure that everybody gets the opportunity to listen. But as you know, Cam will send out uh, an email with a link to a YouTube uh, uh, of this whole uh, podcast that I've done. And hopefully people that aren't listening live now can benefit. But the more people we have on board, the more questions we get, the better it is. But as I say, the half an hour seems to go fairly quickly. And I hope I, I cover as many things as possible. And I appreciate you guys who made the effort to listen. And, uh, and I hope you keep on improving. Thank you very much. Have a very good Friday evening, Saturday morning. There's one more quick question. One quick question. Can you talk about paddle length adjustment while paddling? Oh, yeah, paddle length adjustment while paddling. Is that from David? Yeah. No, from Julie Kirk. Julie Josh Kirk. Oh, that's going to be the most important uh, thing to, to do in the Yukon. Um, remember, an adjustable paddle is no difference to an adjustable bicycle with gears. At the end of the day, what our goal is to keep the cadence the same. As you slow down in that, in that 1,000 mile race you're doing, you just shorten your paddle. So, I, and, and that, that race, I would safely say, I, I would go from two, yeah, I'll be not powering, so I'd go from 218 to 210 for my size, so it depends on the ratio. So I'd easy go down uh, eight centimeters. So what you would do is you'd start off at like 218 and then every hour you reduce by an hour by, by one centimeter and then you'll normally rest after 10 or 12 hours and then when you get back on the water for your next session you'd probably extend your paddle a bit and then go shorter again. So paddling, uh, paddling uh, with adjustable paddle is exactly like paddling, uh, paddling a bicycle. The, the tighter you get the shorter your, your, your paddle is. So basically you'll start off your paddle going like that and then as you shorten the length everything else stays the same your your gap your 90 degrees on your head stays the same everything stays the same your whole objective in the Yukon is to keep everything exactly the same so you're just practicing one cadence and you're cyclist I know you guys do the Ironman so if you do the Ironman you know how to cycle and you concentrate on one cadence you've got to do the same thing in your in your boat is try and keep the same game so you adjust your paddling and you, it's remarkable how good it is and it's funny it's taking most people 22 years to realize that changing your paddling helps you a lot uh, this last year in the world marathon champs in uh, portugal hank mcgregor won the gold medal with andy burkett both changed their paddling so it's taking them 22 years paddlers are slow learners they know everything but hopefully you being with me, you'll know a little bit more than most people. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you next week. Hi there, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you want to join Oscar's club or get access to his free technique video series, you can do that by visiting coachtulipski.com.